Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. I am a useful vessel for the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Jesus reminds us in this particular passage that whatever we place into our hearts is usually going to come out in how we speak. So in other words, trash in, trash out. Treasure in, you get the concept. That's not too hard to understand, amen? You don't have to have a theological degree to understand those things. Now, there should not ever be this, this, this amalgamation or this mixing of ungodly things in godly things. Matter of fact, that's why that was the, the impetus I had to write my book and to release it in February about mixture is because I have seen uh, churches begin to capitulate to the cultural, cultural mores and political pressure, uh, political correctness and things that's going on in our society. So uh, all for the sake of filling seats or for Todd checks, I have no idea what it's for. But as a church, we are supposed to toe the line for God and make sure that people live a righteous and a holy life. Am I in the right place. So that's for all. That's not just for the pastors and the preachers and the deacons and the elders. This is for everybody in the church. If you call yourself a Christian, you're supposed to live right. All right, you're in the right place then because we, we are all about a Holy Ghost preaching church right here. So I gave you some principles. We're going to go through these fairly quickly because I got some other stuff I want to share with you. The first principle I showed you that I shared with you last a couple of Sundays to live by is what you put into your heart will come out of your mouth. Uh, I had people, you know, they cuss somebody out. Then the first thing they say, I don't know where that came from. You know exactly where that came from. You got trash going in. We're supposed to guard our ear gates and guard our eye gates. What we look at, what we hear, vitally important, especially in this culture. What you have on your news feed, on social media, is important. What you listen to is vitally important. The music you listen to is vitally important. And you're trying to figure out why I can't get close to God is because you've been listening to it all at R&B. See? See how quiet it got? Mm -hmm. That's all right. Just buckle up. It's going to get worse. The second principle is speak what you expect, not what you're experiencing. we got too many people live their lives based on what they see and what they're in and their circumstances. And the vicissitudes of life are going to hit you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how saved you are. You can be a Christian two years or 20 years. You're still going to get hit with life. There was nothing. We was, we was trying to do all the right stuff and work out and run and everything. And I was still diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer three years ago. So you can try to do all that stuff right and you can still get hit with some wrong. Hello, somebody. But you got to speak what you expect. So I expected to be healed, and now I'm healed in Jesus' name. I wasn't speaking what I was experiencing because I didn't have cancer. That was his. I gave it back to him. It was never mine. Stop claiming stuff that's not yours. The devil wants you to claim what's his, but it, ain't, it don't belong to you. Give him his stuff back. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, give him his stuff back. The third principle is... You can never be successful on your next level until you connect to people who will make your spiritual baby leap. What I was talking about there is we got too many people that you might be around that's draining you. You got to get around people that's going to encourage you, people that's going to care for you, people that have compassion about what you have a vision for. You got to have people that not only say, you know what, I'm with you. And when you step out there, they're going to step with you. Hello, somebody. Not the kind of people that say I'm with you. Then you step out, you look around, you don't even know where they are. But let me just say this, everybody that start with you won't finish with you. 
that came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. For if they were of us, no doubt they would have continued with you, with us. So if, they, if, if everybody that starts with you are not going to finish with you. And let me just see if I can clear this up. Everybody who starts with you was never meant to finish. And sometimes you just have to let people go. Hello, somebody. Fourth principle is apostolic fathering is learning through the pain of another person. You got to understand that uh, they're, they're, the, the apostolic is just nothing but another gift, guys. It's not a better gift. It's not a more anointed gift. If you go over and read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, said he led captivity captive and gave gift to men, he being Jesus Christ. The apostolic gift is just another gift. They call the five-fold ministry gifts that were given by Jesus Christ. Don't be confused. These are not the same gifts that were given by the Holy Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Those gifts were given by the Holy Ghost. The gifts I'm talking about were given by Jesus Christ. It was five of them, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. We typically call that the five-fold ministry gifts. Those gifts are not for the person. Those gifts are for the church, for the perfecting of the church, for the equipping of the church, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And as that gift, that is a fathering gift. It is the foundation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 says that the foundation is being, being restored of apostle and prophets. Foundational things are underneath. We're not on top trying to pull you up. We're on the bottom trying to push you up. Amen. I don't need nobody in here come, trying to come and tell me to fulfill my vision. I'm doing that. I want to help you fulfill your vision because I'm trying to push you to your next level. I know you probably just sparring for a lot of people. I know it. I know it. Yeah, I like that. Give me some snaps on that. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that's apostolic fathering. And, but there, there, there are three principles that I hadn't given you uh, uh, from the other messages that I'm going to give you these pretty, pretty fast. There are three things that apostolic fathering releases. The first thing it releases is provision. See, you learn how to prosper on the inside so you can handle prosperity on the, on the outside. So the Bible said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So in other words, saints, if you don't know how to prosper on the inside, you're not going to learn how to handle a check either. That's why people who win the lottery statistically are broke after six years because a check don't make you rich. See, we, we're rich in here already so that when God does write the check, we'll know how to handle it. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Can you put out your hand and say, God, I can handle it? Uh-huh. For those of you that didn't do it, then you can't handle money. So praise God. Ain't nothing to money. God has plenty of it, and he'll use a person to give it to you. He's not going to drop money down from heaven. If God is going to bless you, he's going to bless you through a person. Every blessing I've gotten, I've gotten through a person. I never walked outside, opened my mouth, and all of a sudden there was a blessing in my mouth. God is going to use a person to bless you. In the Bible, he used a person. When Israel needed to be delivered, he sent Moses. When Egypt was about to fall apart, he sent Joseph. When Nineveh was sinning, he sent Jonah. And when the world had no hope, he sent Jesus. He's going to send a man to bless you. And it might be a woe man. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're also going to get promotion because you get confirmation publicly what God has already done privately. And all we can do as leaders in this church is show publicly what God has already worked inside of you privately. And what we have to do is be privately devout and privately holy. Because we can't be powerful publicly unless we ground in privately. 
See, that's, that's this integrity issue that we see in corporate America and we see in churches today that people don't have any integrity hardly anymore. You know, there's no character anymore because that private time is going to determine how you are publicly. You can hide it for a little while, but if you're not privately devout and secretly holy, all of that is going to come out. It's going to come out in the pulpit. You're going to come to church one day and then say the wife and the husband saying we're getting a divorce. Well, he's like, man, I never saw anything happening. Well, you're not going to see anything happening in that private time. But that still hurts the church. It hurts the whole body, not just that particular ministry. Amen. And so we all of us all somebody say all. all. See, in the Bible for Greek, the word all means all. So all of us are responsible to have some integrity and some character in our lives. Amen. On whatever level you on. But listen, saints of God, if you don't have any character now, stop praying for another level. See, one of the things I learned uh, when I started pastoring the church you know, I, I kept asking God, God, bless the church, bless the church. Lord, I want the church to grow and all this other stuff. And, and I had to learn that God was, wasn't really trying to grow the church. He was trying to grow me. Right? Because if he had grown the church and I didn't grow, then the church would have broke me. Right? So he grew me. Now I can grow the church. Hello, somebody. That all happened privately. Not, none of you guys were around. So he had to break me in some areas. He had to change me in some areas, some areas that I didn't want to let go of. Amen. And, and y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of them little entrenched things because I, 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 didn't, I didn't come off on the, the unbiblical car speaking in tongues. So yeah, I, I did live in the world a little bit. You know, I was a little crazy at, at one point. And so there were some, some things, some activities, some, some tentacles that had kind of sinked into my life that I had to consecrate before the Father. So I had known a lot about consecration. I knew people wore white. I just feel, felt like they were holy because they wore it on the fourth Sunday. I didn't understand, but I, I just thought, you wear white, you're holy. But that's not, that's not it at all. I, I can be holy in a red jacket with Chuck Taylor's on. The third one is protection. That's what apostolic fathering provides for you. Uh, you receive apostolic oversight, apostolic oversight for accountability, encouragement, and care. And that's what we do in this house. We want to care for you. We hold you accountable. We want to, to, to build you up in the house of God. But if you can't receive correction, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong church. Right? Because if you can't receive correction, you really don't want to grow. Right? I have mentors in my life. I receive correction in my life. And see, listen, the best followers are the ones who, who the best leaders are the ones who know how to follow. And if you don't know how to follow somebody, then you're not going to be a good leader. Amen? So I'm just giving you, this is a very pragmatic message, guys. I'm not trying to be super spiritual or theological. I'm just giving you some practical things so you can use on Monday morning. Amen? It's because what I'm giving you right now, you can use it on the, in corporate America because I do it because that's where I work. I got to get up like y'all do. Five, you would never be a useful vessel until you learn how to honor the vessels God uses to lead you. There is this, uh, this dishonoring that's going on in the house of the Lord of, of leaders. See, you, 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 you can't judge your present life based on what your past life has done to you. And if you do that, you're going you're gonna to really lose out on some blessings. See, a lot of women might lose out. Let me just say, and I'm not particularly saying women. I'm just using women in general because this is a good example. Uh, sometimes women that have been through uh, a tumultuous time in one pre uh, previous relationship, and she finally got out of that relationship, but then when she goes into the next relationship, 
she don't really give the next guy a fair shake because she's judging the next guy based on what the last guy did. And so you might be losing out on some blessings that God wants to give you, but you won't let go of what your past has dealt you. Apostle Paul said, you know what? Before I can grab a hold of my future, he said, I got to let go of my past. And you can't grab things that's before you if everything in your hands are full of your past. Past hurts, disappointments, uh, past relationships, past marriages. Uh, all of those things has a way of creeping up, and it can kill us, saints of God. And even when we go into relationships, because a lot of families now are blended families. And what I mean by that is, you know, you marry somebody, they have kids, and uh, the other side has children, and, and all of that good stuff. And then I keep hearing people step. This is my stepchild. If you marry that person, that ain't your stepchild. Amen. Ain't no step. Jesus don't call you a stepchild. If you're going to marry that person, that's your child. Otherwise, leave that person alone. There is no step in the kingdom. Hello, somebody. No, that's your child. If you can't call that young person your child, leave that person alone. And so since we're having these blended families coming together, you also have blended closets. Uh, uh, see? See, you see how that thing turned right there? Oh, boy, maybe he want me to hit on something right there. You know, you, we all have some closets. We all have some, some people say skeletons. You remember that? That means you got some stuff. You know, we all have that kind of stuff. But the best thing, if you're going to have a, a real relationship like me and my bride, we've been married for 23 years, and we got an absolute phenomenal marriage. But it didn't always start off that way. We had some tumultuous times that we had to go through. We, we, we still fight to keep a good marriage. Like my dad always said, you know, it's easier getting something than keeping it. And so it's, it's, it's easy to get saved. You just receive Jesus. But it's hard to stay saved. At least for me it is. I don't know for a lot of y'all. It might be easy to stay saved, but it's hard. I want to slap people sometimes. You know, amen. I mean, sometimes you just had to catch yourself and go, boy, if you but, uh, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying here? <laughs> you were like, boy, you had to break out on them. <laughs> sometimes you got to break out in tongues, boy. You say, boy, you say that one more time. Ah, bah, sata, upside your head up in here. <laughs> Amen. You got to get your nerves right. I mean, sometimes, man, when I'm on my job, you know, and it gets, you know, sometimes on your job, it can get a little, it can get a little tight. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes I might have to steal away because I work in a cube farm. So there's no privacy in the cube farm. You know, everybody hear everything. But sometimes you might, you might have to, you know, steal away somewhere, go for a walk. That's what I like to do. I go for a walk. I speak in tongues. You know, I, I, I stay in the spirit so I can come back, you know, so that I can, I can work with people. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, so sometimes you have to do that. Go to the restroom, you know, close that stall, you know. You in there, they think you're doing some, you, you're just trying to connect with the Lord, you know. And they think you're on the phone, you know. You're in there talking. Yeah, yeah, oh, Lord, Lord. They probably think you got some problems, but. Yeah. Some of us do have some problems. You respect the people that lead you guys. Let me tell you something. It's not easy leading people, right? And, and can I help you guys out? Leaders are not perfect. I have flaws. My wife has flaws. All of these leaders, we all have flaws. But so do you. All we ask for is the same respect we give you. Listen, you can, even in your family, you can get mad at Uncle Juju. 
because you know Uncle Juju going to say something out of, way, out of the way every time he come to the family reunion. You already know because he's going to come half tipsy. And you know, but you love him because that's your uncle. He's in your family. Can't we do the same thing in the church? We all got issues. Can't we just love each other? You know, just say, hey, look, you got your flaws. I got my flaws. Listen, if you help me pull the speck out of my eye, help you pull the plank out of yours, and we're just going to go on with the Lord. Amen? Amen. But, you know, even in the world, you can get mad at your friend. You can fight, have a bloody nose, wipe your nose, and still go get a drink. But it's in the church. Somebody can, somebody, you can, you, you can, listen, listen, you can just walk in the church and somebody just look at you wrong. I ain't coming back in this church. I don't look at you right up in there. Judge the whole church on one person. Right? And, and that happens, thanks to God, but without giving the church the benefit of the doubt. And see, we come in flawed, but we want everybody else to be perfect. All right. All right. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave that one alone. All right. So, so I think this is where I wanted to pick up today because I didn't give you principle number six, right? Okay. So here's principle number six. When you connect to the right people in the right place, you can visualize the right plan to produce the right outcome. Let me say that one more time. When you connect to the right people in the right place, you can visualize the right plan to produce the right outcome. See, there, there's always everybody needs somebody. I don't care how much of a prophet or apostle or bishop or whatever you think you are, you will never, ever see everything in totality. God set it up that way that we all need somebody. That's why he says he's setting up the foundation of apostle and prophet because we always need somebody else. Apostle Paul, when he got knocked off of his high horse, he lost his vision. God spoke to him. Jesus spoke to him, but he spoke to him in part. He had to go to Ananias to get the next part. Am I helping somebody here? And Ananias, when he prayed for him, he got his vision back, and Ananias told him his purpose. We all need somebody else. You might be able to prophesy well. You might be able to lead well. You might be able to do a lot of great things in the house of God, but you're going to need somebody. The church is not supposed to be full of supermen and superwomen. There's only one superman. His name is Jesus. And we're all trying to get to him. Am I helping somebody out today? We're all trying to get to him. And so we need everybody else. We got to connect to the right people. The right people will motivate you. The right people will help you visualize your future, your dreams, your visions, all the things that God has placed within you. If your baby is leaping, then you need to be around some people to help you get to your next level. Otherwise, you might leap into the wrong thing. Is this making sense at all? Right. And so you get around the right people in the right place, man. If you got the right plan, write the vision, make it plain. Amen. There are a lot of people say, you know, I believe the Lord has given me a vision for a business. What is it? What's the name of it? What are you going to do with it? What's the purpose of it? Do you have a business plan? How many people are you going to reach? What resources do you need? What kind of marketing plan do you have? How many people do you need? Oh, but he gave me a business. And you don't know any of that, then you need to work that out. Yeah. Amen. You need to work some of that, those, that practical stuff out, right? Because listen, because he'll give you a plan, but you got to execute on it. 
The Bible says, a man plans his ways, but the Lord orders his steps. If you don't have a plan, how is he going to order your steps? I told you it's going to be a real pragmatic message. I ain't trying to be all theological. Because I think sometimes we need to be less theological and more practical in the house of God. We got, we got too many theologians in church that have been, been saved for two years. They know everything about the Bible. Listen, I've had plenty of been here, come up in here to pastor what you need. No, no, what you need to do is sit down. You come in telling me what I need to be doing. How long you been saved? No, you don't do that. That's disrespectful, first of all. And a lot of times, people who think they can do a better job, I have to ask them, how many people are following you? Mm-hmm. See, those zingers are come, man. You had to be ready for it, amen? You know, because there are a lot of people who think they can do so much better, right? And listen, I, I'm humble enough to tell you, there are a lot of people that can do better than me, right? I'm humble enough to say that, but I'm also smart enough to say, I didn't call myself to do this. And since God called me to do it, then he's the one that's going to make it successful, not me. You you don't have to be such a great communicator when God has the anointing on your life. I know some people who can't communicate words. If you ever meet um, Jesse DePlantis, if you ever meet him personally, I've met him personally. In the pulpit, you'll, oh my God, the man will have you on the floor laughing so hard. You'll pee your pants. I'm telling you, I'm about to pee my pants, I'm about to pee my pants. Man, he says stuff so funny from the pulpit. But if you ever meet him outside of that, he's just, it's just, it's like, is this the same guy? (laughs) Dry, just, but that's the kind of anointing. A lot of people are shaking, I don't know who Jesse the Planters is. I know, I know. Just Google him. He's down there in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, so he's over there in Louisiana. Amen. Great minister, great minister, but he's really, really funny when he's in the pulpit, but it's a little bit different when he's outside the pulpit. See, the anointing can hit you a lot of different ways, saints of God. And so, but that's the anointing. The anointing can take somebody who barely has a, a, a third, third grade education, and they can preach the word of God. See, 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 her dad, who was my mentor before he passed, Daddy had more wisdom in his baby finger than I'll, I'll ever have, I think, in my whole life. And so, so Dad, he was my go-to person. But Dad didn't have an education. It was, what, sixth grade education? But when it comes to theological things and the Bible, oh, my God, I would go to Dad. Like, Dad, man, I'm trying to figure this thing out here. Can you help a brother? You know, and then Dad would break stuff down. I'm like, wow, okay, then that makes sense to me, right? And so it wasn't about an education. It was about who he knew. Amen. Moses had a Moses had a Moses had a problem. <laughs> the, the, the Bible said he had a he, you know, his he, he was slow, his tongue was slow, that he had a he had a he had a problem. And so by the time that's why he asked God, he said, problem, he said, God, you know I got you God, you know I you know I got a problem. And so he said, you, you, you're going to have to help me out. And, and the, 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 yeah, he helped him out. And he sent him Aaron. Aaron was his spokesperson. 
Right? Why? Because Moses had a speaking impediment, and Moses, he didn't want other people to know. Listen, listen, he said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't speak. And so he couldn't talk. So here's the deal. For people who are listening to this and you got a stuttering problem, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to mock you because I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me here. So, so he couldn't speak. And so here's the deal. Moses knew something about himself that God knew, but he didn't want anybody else to know. Everybody in this church knows something about yourself. You don't want nobody else to know. Only God knows because you got a problem. You can't handle a checkbook. You don't even want people to know. You got you to stutter. That's your stutter. Everybody in the church got to stutter. And you always take it before God. But as soon as you get around people, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then when they leave, Lord, help me. Come on. I'm trying to preach. Are you here with me today? See, see, we all got issues, saints of God. And it, it, it is to me, it is an encouragement to be in a place where you can be yourself. I got a subtitle in, in, in my book, The Company We Keep is the name of the chapter, but there's a subtitle called Stop Pretending. And we got too many poses in the house of God. If you hurt and tell somebody, don't come up in the church, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out, blessed. But your heart is hurting. Don't you need prayer? How you really doing? Stop all this fakery. All this pretending. We need to stop playing dress up too. Oh, see, see, just took a turn. And, and since it took a turn, I'm going to turn with it. Jatana said, Lord, don't let him turn. Oh, yeah, I'm turning. I'm turning. You see, in First Kings, King Jeroboam, he told his wife to disguise herself because they had a sick son. And the man of God didn't want to go to the church for help. Let me tell you something, single women, you better get a man of God and not a man that just goes to church. You better get a man of God. And what's the difference? A man of God, the difference between a man of God and a man that goes to church. A man that goes to church, he goes to the church, but a man of God has the church in him. He's going to act right no matter where he is on a date. He's gonna act, he ain't going to be touching you. He ain't going to be asking you for no sex. If he's a true man of God, he ain't going to ask for something that don't belong to him. If he's a true man of God, but if he's asking you for stuff that don't belong to him, then he's not saved and crucified enough to be with you in the first place. And see, that's why we got to see when people playing dress up, they'll dress up and look nice. Oh, yeah, I go to church. Oh, yeah, I got a couple of scriptures that I know. And even the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Hello, somebody. And so he sent his wife, but he told her to disguise herself, play dress up, go through the city and go to the house of God. Even though she disguised herself, God had already spoken to the man of God and said, listen, Jeroboam's wife is coming. And when she comes, address her. So she fooled everybody. Nobody knew who the queen was. She walked through the whole city. Nobody recognized who she was. But as soon as she got to the house of God and she stepped foot into the house of the Lord, the man of God turned around and said, hello, Jeroboam's wife. See, you can fool people, but you can never fool God. 
And he asked her this question. It's a question I ask in my book. He said, why are you pretending to be something you are not? Boy, that's a, ooh, are you, uh, we got some pretenders in here? Oh, let me look. Mm, praise the Lord. See, we've we got people that pretend. You pretend like you know scripture, but you really don't. You pretend like you all consecrated. Ooh, I just, ooh, I was just in the, I was just, it, ooh, it was just so good in my house last night. The presence of the Lord was just so thick. Praise the Lord. They didn't tell you that it was burning incense. <laughs> so y'all all right? Okay, so, so let me get through this really quickly here. Let me get through this really quickly. So, so, so listen, um, th- this is vitally important, saints. You got to get around the right people in the right place so that you can get the right plan, right? And so this is vitally important. This, this is practical stuff. If you're in business or you're in ministry, you got to make sure you're around the right people. Those right people will help you visualize stuff because they're going to challenge you to go greater, right? Gonna, at least if you're around the right people, especially if you're around the right mentors, the best mentors bring correction. Amen. If you got a mentor that don't bring correction, then that's really not a mentor. That's right. That's right. right? And then that's why a lot of times in this society that we live in, unfortunately, when you bring correction is when people run. Because they, they view correction as criticizing. Right? Because they're, they're, they, they visualize everything based on their pitiful past. And so when you try to give, bring correction, they see that as criticizing, and then they run. They don't like it. They don't know that whom the Lord loves. He, now, he don't chase you either. He ain't chasing you. <laughs> whom the Lord loves, he chases. He, he is chastening. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. You discipline your children because you love them, not because you don't like them. Amen? So why should it be any different in the house of God? But then you have to give the leaders the flexibility to do those kinds of things because we want to see you grow. Amen? Because if you grow, guess what? The church grows. Amen? All right. So, so here's some things here I want to share with you about relationships. There's some, I had a, a great conversation with one of my mentors, and he, we were talking about these three levels of relationships. I'm going to give them to you real quickly here. Quickie here. So fellowship. is the, the fellowship level is, is that first level. Um, you can have a good fellowship uh, with people or good fellowship with people on this level, but don't expect them to serve in the ministry or on the leadership team. So you got to discern these types of relationships because you might be trying to put people in places they don't need to be. Amen. And I'm, I'm learning this, saints of God. So what I'm telling you right now, I, hadn't, I haven't perfected this yet. So I'm, I'm trying to discern these things in my own life as a leader, okay? But I'm also trying to discern these things in my personal life as well. Is this making sense? So the stuff I teach, I hadn't mastered this stuff. Nobody has. We, we, we're working on it. Amen? And so that's the fellowship stage. But then, then, then there's another level, and I'm speaking specifically about ministry when I go this place. Then you have the ministry level. Let me give you the ministry level. The ministry level is those are people who will serve and they enjoy it, but they may not be ready for com- the, the commitment, the challenging, the accountability that is necessary for leadership. Right. But this is the ministry level. They can serve. They can do a very, very good job, you know, at serving. But they may not be ready for the the level of accountability 
for the next level. Amen. And if, if you take them serving as being somebody who's ready for leadership and you put them there, you might be doing a disservice to the church and to them. So you have to discern, well, what level are these people on? Lord, give me discernment. When you look at the relationships in your lives right now, ask God, give me discernment about this relationship. What level are they on in my life? Am I trying to push them to something that I should not be pushing them, that they're not really ready for? Or should I go deeper and more intimate with this relationship because they are better for me? Amen? Because there might be some people in your life right now, you probably need to cut them off. Yeah, pastor said that. Now, here's the third level. It's the building level. These are those who have a heart for kingdom building, and they want to be held accountable and encouraged to, to, to get their faith stretched and developed. So the ministry level there, here's a scripture for the ministry level. Those are those who are serving. It says, know them who labor among you, right? That's the ministry level. But on the building level, 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says, these things you have heard, commit them to faithful men, which means on the building level, you got to have faithful people because it's on the building level, you're going to see how people can treat you when all you're trying to do is love them. See, the building level, you will see some of the ugly side of ministry on the building level, right? It can be, I'm telling you, saints of God, it, it can be knocked down, drag out. Now, there are board meetings in some churches, boy, you think, you think they're, in, you, they're in corporate America. Sometimes in corporate America, they have better board meetings than some of these church meetings. And cussing each other out and, man, I'm telling you, you can get some of that stuff in there, man. And, 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 it's, and, and it's sad. It's sad that this kind of stuff is going on in the house of God. But it is, right? And listen, I'm not knocking any of this, saints of God, because just like there's some bad stuff that's going on, I truly believe there's more good things going on in churches than bad. See, but the good stuff you don't hear about. See, the news are not going to play all the good stuff. The news are going to tell you the pastor that, you know, cheated on his wife or all the negativity. And then everybody on their social media feed, see, that's like all them churches. And see, and that's what they do. They judge all churches based on one person. And see, saints of God, when you do that, I don't think it's fair. And, and by the way, Apostle Paul said we should not be comparing ourselves among ourselves. In so doing, we're not wise. So you're judging that person on what he's doing, but you fornicating. Or you lying and cheating and stealing. You, you want to criticize somebody else, but you ain't paying your taxes. Oh, boy, boy, did I hear something? Yeah, I'll hit it. I'm going to stay right on in there, too. I'm going to stay right on it. And see, and see, people, we have that propensity to start judging people on, on things, and, and we're not even living right. Especially the same person want to call you. See, I told you all y'all Christians were the same. But what are you doing? How many people are you helping? Amen. Turn, turn that thing on them. I do. They don't want to come to me, especially when they find out I'm a pastor. That's why I don't like telling people at corporate America that I'm a pastor, because then they want to come with their little old fake Christian stuff. Well, pastor praise the Lord. Look, just, I'm John. I don't come here with all that fakery. You know, oh, we just had such a good time in church. What'd your pastor preach on? Woo, we had a good time. Damn, you just answered my question. And see, sometimes when you're in church, 
people have the propensity to see what they want to see, right? Let me, let me give you this little, this little story. Let me give you this little story. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to stop after this little story. I actually have five keys that I want to give you to being a useful vessel, but I'm going to hold that for next Sunday, right? But I'm going to give you this little story. We're going to stop right here because we had a lot going on this Sunday. I hope, hope this has been a blessing to you so far. So this is a story about a minister who decided that uh, he would use visual demonstrations uh, to emphasize his Sunday sermon. So he used four worms, and he placed them into four separate jars. The first worm he put into a container of alcohol. The second worm he put into a container full of cigarette smoke. The third worm he put into a container of chocolate syrup. And the fourth worm he put into a container of good, clean soil. At the conclusion of his sermon, the minister reported the following results. Staggering. Watch this. Really. The first worm in alcohol, dead. Okay. The second worm in the cigarette smoke, dead. The third worm in the chocolate syrup, dead. The fourth worm that was in the good, clean soil, he's alive. <laughs> Revelation, right? <laughs> Y'all thought I was getting ready to get deep. <laughs> so the minister asked the congregation, what did you learn from this demonstration? So a person who was sitting in the back, not to talk about anybody that's sitting in the back, <laughs> Carol. <laughs> Randy said, yeah, right here. So the person that was uh, sitting in the back quickly raised their hand and said, well, as long as you drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't have worms. You know, there will always be people to justify what they want to do. If they want to drink, if they want to smoke, if they want to overeat or eat bad, there will always be excuses for those things, saints of God. I used to be one of the world's best at excuses. But then when you get all alone and nobody else is around, and you're left with nothing but your own thoughts. And you look over your life and you go, my, where did the time go? And you look at where you are compared to where you thought you would be. It can be depressing. But can I encourage you for a second? You might not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Amen. 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 God's best is always waiting for us. And what we have to do, saints of God, out of your giving and out of your serving, 
we get healed. We grow, we develop. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.